Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm here with Jay and John. What's up, gentlemen? Hi. Well, how's it going? It's cold where I'm at. Real cold. Uh, real cold. <laughs> so that was upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just like I was indoors and uh, I like I went outside to uh, to take care of our chickens and it just like hit me like all the way down to my bones. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's like I'm like, what is the temperature out? Right. It's like five. So it's really 72 in Phoenix. Don't worry, John. By the time you get up here, it's 72. supposed to be 50. So this there you week, go. Yeah, this I'm bringing the heat. Be all right. Yeah. What's, what's the temperature that like there, John, in the summer? uh 40 <laughs> degrees higher yeah. <laughs> than <it is> now <laughs> yeah i'm just saying i've i've seen pictures of melting trash cans and people baking cookies on their dashboards so oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah i think <laughs> i'll take healthy. five degrees over that personally but. yeah i always tell people that i would rather be cold than warm well why because i could just put on more clothes and i'll be fine but when it's too hot there's only so much i can do about that before yeah, you just go inside <laughs> I mean, you just yeah. don't leave the house. <laughs> yeah. Look how pasty white I am. I live right. in the desert right. and I just never leave home. Right. Your Over- summer is just like our winter. Just don't leave the house. Yeah. yeah. That's- and there you go. Over <laughs> Amazon, pleasant, everything. Pleasant in between. Uh, it is currently in the 30s here, uh, which is about as cold as it gets during the winter. Yeah. Um, we just got through our spring of deception when it was like 60 something. Uh, and then it gets cold again, and then it gets warm again, and then yeah. we get flower and trees. So interesting. Uh, it's always nice down there. Yeah. yeah. You, guys, you guys are in a good area. It's not quite like San Diego nice, but San Diego's nice. What is? What yeah, is right, San obviously. Diego? Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, going to San Diego when I went to SoCal Open uh, last year, <laughs> I was like, this this place is literally perfect like the food is amazing the temperature is perfect all the time yeah um there's a beach like <laughs> why doesn't everybody live here <laughs> anyway uh probably Good question yeah yeah um anyway today we are going to talk about the canto bite cup which is in uh up in your neck of the woods there jay is yeah. it actually in syracuse so it's it nearly... uh it's like it's like uh 30 minutes outside of Syracuse but okay. yeah I, I mean as far as we're concerned yes <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's Syracuse ish yeah yeah and my my favorite thing is real quick so whenever anybody like uh goes to that area they're like well how far away from the Syracuse airport is that I'm like 30 minutes they're like in traffic I'm like 30 minutes all right without traffic it's 30 minutes man like that's that's how long it takes to get there there's no traffic just it's it's just that far away (laughs) yep people from bigger cities don't really i think appreciate that until they Mm. until they get somewhere like here you know yeah the concept of a place without traffic is like (laughs) yeah covid has cut our traffic like in half like i i mean i don't have to leave the house too often but i i do occasionally drive out during what would be rush hour times and i don't like i very rarely is it ever bumper to bumper 
um yeah a lot less people on the road a lot fewer people on the road well yeah that'll do it our traffic's still bad yeah yeah it's dc yeah Uh, dude i real quick i have one more story and i think most people appreciate this so i was driving back uh from florida to new york with my brother and uh we were like hey we're gonna drive straight through like we're gonna make it i think we left at like six in the morning we were looking and we're like dude we're gonna make it by 11 p.m like no problem right straight through we we ran in for no reason whatsoever it was four hours and dead stop traffic and like we're like what is going on like in dc and like we already passed that like thing that goes around. So if you're coming up 95, there's what four something that goes around that you can kind of skip. 495. 495, yeah. And and we kind of passed that and we're just stuck, just dead traffic. We finally get up and it just clears up. It was nothing. It was just somebody decided to turn right across the lane or something and everyone hit their brakes and that's what it was for four hours. Didn't get home till two o'clock in the morning. So that was, yeah. yeah. That's been that my about experience right. with DC traffic. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, we just we just had a snowstorm maybe like a month ago, uh, where people were stuck on the highway on 95 for like literally a day or two. Oh. Um, <laughs> there was like a there was like four or five tractor trailers just jackknifed, basically, and then you know it keeps snowing and everybody gets snowed in and then they can't clear the snow because there's all these cars in the way yeah people are stuck in their cars for like 24 plus hours holy crap oh my gosh i can't imagine being on like a family trip in the minivan (laughs) with the kids (laughs) it's like all right we got a little traffic kiddos and uh 24 hours later yeah (laughs) it's like those spongebob like transitions where they're just old and like skeleton 24 hours later yeah well it's not just like the boredom it's you know i mean you got to eat something like you got to go to the bathroom somewhere (laughs) like i can't imagine uh anyway anywho sounds like a nightmare yeah seriously uh and it's cold outside because it's snowing so it's not like you can just go hang out on the highway not that that would be a safe thing to do anyway but not five um, degrees cold but cold yeah And look, 25 degrees here feels like five degrees yeah, yeah, when you're yeah. used to it's 25 all relative, degrees. Right? Yeah. 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 Like yeah. if you've ever been in Florida, when like in Orlando, when it gets like 35 degrees, you're like, we're all going to die. And yeah. it's like, even though you, you're like up here, I could definitely go out in shorts and 35 degree weather and be like, yeah, this is fine. But when it happens in Florida, it's like, no, we're all dead. This is, this is it. This is how we die. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's a great i saw a great clip from like a san diego news channel when it when it was like 50 degrees and uh the the they do like a live shot to somebody that's out in the field and they're wearing like like one of those big puffy parkas and like a uh, stocking cap and like a scarf <laughs> and it's 50 degrees and they're talking about how cold it is <laughs> it's like... yeah, anyway it's funny all right enough about the weather Sorry. um no that was good uh so on today's show, besides talking about the weather, uh, we're going to talk about Canto Bite because that's this weekend. We're also going to talk about how to get out of a rut, how to improve if you're in a rut. I'm sure this is a topic that we've hit before, but we're going to hit it again because I've forgotten everything we said about it. And so have most of our listeners probably. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but before that, uh, we got any housekeeping, Jay? 
Yeah, um, I have a couple of things. So number one, uh, I, you know, I've kind of announced this in other places, but we'll make the announcement here too. Mr. Bushman, who's joining us today, is now our lead developer for Stormtide. So he's joining the Stormtide team, which is me and uh he's coming on over and gonna gonna work on the the game development and the story and stuff and and help help move Stormtide along so um he's already gotten himself in a little bit of trouble with the jackals on the discord channel asking him questions it's uh fine. <laughs> no, it's just kidding um i thought that was funny interaction <laughs> but but you know so so i'm really happy to have john on board uh working on Stormtide. so that's exciting for me um and for us and i think it should be exciting for all of you because the stuff john and i've been talking about is really cool and uh you're going to see some of that here starting in box seven which is season two box one not to be confused confusing everybody but basically if you've been with us from the beginning this is box seven but you can also start which it's box one for you so um that's how it's working so you know if you're a new player and you've heard us talking about storm Clan, you're like oh gee I'd, I'd like to get into that now's your chance you could get in season two uh box one here where you still got time to get in um and you can start now uh you know i'm really excited about this box there's going to be a ton of minis in this first box we're we're doing operatives and commanders with skill trees now so you can pick an operative and and pick a, a direction you want to take your operative in to to make them uniquely you which you know i think is is kind of cool and <clears throat> a lot of what we're hearing is how people like to have as much as as they like you know the lore and what star wars is and what legion is you know being able to kind of have your own narrative and create your own pathway um in your games at home you know i think a lot of people like that as well and you know we've seen like the phyrexian uh armies from like magic the gathering somebody had a phyrexian army like you know with the queen being the the commander and you know i think there's a lot of cool things i think i saw a stormtrooper with a lightsaber like a wookie with a lightsaber like there's been a ton of really neat commanders people have come up with and we you know we wanted to really promote that and you know you should absolutely if it's okay with your opponent whatever you want to use in this game is is open and you just use the rule set you know and we really like that and so you know in this box um you know in box one of storm tide way back in the beginning we just offered two commanders um and you had to pick they were assigned to a ship and you had to pick one or the other and that was your only choice i'm officially going to announce that we've decided we're putting six miniatures um in this first box of season two um and so you'll you and your opponent will each choose one for a commander and one for an operative but you'll have you know six different miniatures to choose from between the two of you so you'll technically have two miniatures left over after after choosing what makes sense for your army um and so i'm, I'm really excited about that and so you know giving players choice uh, between their minis between what they want to do with their armies and then also growing their characters commanders through their skill tree and then the operatives now through their skill tree um there's just a lot of opportunity to have it, unique experiences that are that are only for you and your opponent, right? And you may not, no one, there's a solid chance no one's gonna replicate those same experiences, which I really 
I really like. Um, and then the other big thing that's happening is, you know, people uh, in, in all our missions in Stormtide, you scan a QR code and you go report what happened in your mission. Well, everybody's been asking us, well, okay, what does that mean? Like, what's going on with that? Well, in box seven slash season two here, we're about to find out. So all the ramifications of those actions are actually going to be showing up in this box. Um, so, so that's really exciting. I think for all the players who've been playing with us, and that's going to be a very organic and living thing. So as more stuff happens, um, we're finally going to be kind of, we came up with a structure to allow that to happen live. So like before a mission, you're going to have to check something to see what's going on with the numbers before you can play that mission. So you know what, what's going to happen in that mission. Um, and I'm trying to be vague on purpose because I don't want to give away too much. But yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, you can come check us out at Adepticon next month. We'll have boxes with us. We're going to actually be running demos of the game um, at our booth at Adepticon. So you can come check that out. Um, yeah, so that's that's it. Stormtide, check it out. Go to the website, fifthtrooper.com, click on Stormtide. And you can learn more about it and get involved and, and get into this wonderful community. Every all of our uh, supporters and people who have been who have been um, getting into this, like they've got background stories to their armies. They've got like their own narratives that they're writing off of our narrative. You know, they're really engaged and really helpful with the rest of the community. So, like, if you want to hear it from someone else who's not us, uh, you could go to the discord and the Legion, the uh, Legion Discord, and there's a Stormtide section, just ask people in there what Stormtide is and what what they think of it, you know, and let them answer it for you because um, they'll tell you, you know, and um, so so don't take my word for it. Go go ask some other people, but join us. It's It's been a blast and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to some of the insane stuff we have on the docket here, so. And uh, Kyle died, the end. Awesome. Well, that's very exciting. Congrats, Mr. Bushman. Bush facts, Bushman. Thanks. I'm very excited. Lots of possibilities. Yep. Phone um, show. Patreon? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you want to support us on, you know, any of our podcasts or our blog, you know, we, we pay our blog writers, we pay, we pay our staff and in order to do that, uh, Patreon supporters, that's what makes all this possible. And so if you, um, if you want to get in on Patreon, there's another podcast that we actually have, have, uh, been recording there called after dark that we've got to get another episode out here soon. And then also we do, we, we try to do quarterly awards. We've got a one year award at a certain mark. And so you can get on there and just support the fifth trooper and everything we do and all the content um, that, that we develop for you. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> let's start with Canto bite cup in the vicinity of Syracuse. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys are both are both going, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, you know, let's start with the numbers. They wanted 64. They ended up with 50, which, I mean, I think not only is good for a regular tournament, but for a tournament in upstate New York in the middle of February, uh, you know, I think that's that's a really good turnout. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the numbers. I'm excited about it being uh, local and that I'm not running it. 
those are all exciting things to me so that I can go play um, and enjoy it. And, you know, I've been, um, they, they uh, put the tabletop TO registration up. And so I've been seeing all the names like of people that we know that have been registering and I'm like messaging go oh my god I didn't know you were coming up this is gonna be amazing like so that's been that's been really exciting to see um you know since I wasn't able to make it out to LVO this year seeing some of the same names we would see at LVO or something is is very cool and you know Bushman's coming up which is great uh it'll be nice to see him in person because I mean basically since COVID started, I haven't seen, I haven't seen John in person. So it'll be nice to, nice to see him and, and everybody else in person. So that's all the, you know, early stuff. Um, I think the interesting thing about this for people who don't know, it's a two day tournament and they're doing three rounds each day, which I, I like, Perfect. right? Like we've talked about this before. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. Three rounds for a day sure. is the perfect amount of Legion because then you can go do like I was looking at the the schedule going oh my god we could go to dinner after this like and, and yeah. like I still might be able to make it home by 9 30 like that's cra- that in my head is crazy right yeah. um and so like I'm really I'm really excited about that um yeah we'll see I don't um it you know we were talking about the numbers in our chat and how that's going to work as far as like what the top you know they're not doing a top cut it's just six rounds and so like what that fifth and sixth round would look like numerically right and i think it's close that you could play all six and have a one have an undefeated have one undefeated i think it depends on things yeah i think you you definitely would have just one undefeated after six but i think there's a chance you could have have, zero right you could have an undefeated after five Five, yes right and you could have only one undefeated after five potentially yes yeah, so that'll be, you know, and that's up to the TOs. I don't know what their plan is for that, you know, but I mean, if it were me and at the end of five, we had an un- one undefeated, I'd be like, all right, this next round's a free round, everybody, because we've we've got it, you know, yep. yeah. um, or give them the buy, right? And then let everybody else duke it out for second, right. third, and fourth or whatever, you know? Um, That'd be but, super awkward to like have that person oh, yeah. play you, another game. Could you imagine? like lose and then how do you how do you figure out who won dude i, I mean yeah <laughs> i feel like we've had tournaments where that's happened but i mean it's it, it's tough because like you you either plan for six games or you plan for five like cutting it down to five when you've told people like hey you're gonna play three games today and now you're only gonna play two because we happen to have one undefeated left after the second game like you kind of feel like as a TO that you're robbing people of that yeah. third game yeah. or sixth game. Um, so I, I, I get it. But at the same time, like Kyle says, if if then that pair down of the undefeated to someone who's not undefeated loses, then it's awkward. Where do you think they pair down? You think it would be like if they let's it say pairs they down a, from the top. So you they would. They well, and, to- and you have to. Right. Because the undefeated has to play against someone who's been defeated. So, so no, but I mean, like, is it like the who's in second place, or is it a, who's in like sixth place so, or eighth so place? So regs, like, and if they're if they're just using tabletop to, it's random. Yeah, it takes a random person that's X and one and pairs it against the undefeated. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. 
I like your idea, Jay, where you're basically just be like, all right, we're going to do a sixth round, but this one's free. It doesn't count. Basically, here's our winner. It's this guy who's undefeated after five. And uh, this round is for fun. So go nuts. Yeah. Um, Because then you still get that sixth round in and then you don't have to deal with that potentially awkward, like, well, the 5-0 guy lost the completely unnecessary sixth round game. And now we have to figure out how to sort a bunch of X and ones amongst each other to see who won. And whoever that one person would be, I mean, listen, you got you got to win, but like stuff happens, d- bad dice happen. But imagine you're five and zero, oh and you get paired down to somebody who's got a loss, and then you like end up losing, and you like you had it, you were. I mean, the yeah, it could just be like a, a counter pick. There's a lot of right. rock paper scissors now in Legion. Yeah, like yep. he could just get a, a bad counter in that last game. Man, oh, well. I have a I have a dilemma with that though, because then if we do a fun round, do I count that on Elo? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. I think no. If they, if they like, like use those words it. and say fun, like I feel like I can't count it as competitive. Yeah, agreed. Because just the mindsets people are going to be. And in. I guess, you know, I think in that, and now that I'm thinking it out, right? If you do the fun round, you're really just doing it for one person because I think you're also robbing anyone else of like potentially moving up the ladder to second or third. Like somebody could have been like, well, if I went, if I win this last match in six, I could, I, I could be second place. Right. But I'm third or fourth right now, you, you know, or something like that based on SOS, you know, it could, it could work out that way. So I think you probably got to do the many over the one, uh, I guess, in that scenario. Or you do the other thing you suggested and you just give the that whoever that player is like a buy or something. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because uh, they're already automatically first, right? So, right. hey, you, you yeah. get the buy for round six. And well, if you have an even number of people, then you're creating a second buy <laughs> yeah. or you're creating two buys where there were none. Then you just, I mean, you either probably have a drop by that point or if you don't, then you, you could just still give be landing on an even number of people to whoever's. In- yeah, already I, last uh, place or whatever. I do not envy yeah. the tos for that no. for, for yeah. that potential situation. <laughs> nope. I mean, I guess that's why most two day formats have cuts, right? Yeah, it's because you don't have, you never have to deal with that because you're yeah. always cutting to a fixed number of players. Yeah, um, and then those players play elimination. And then yeah, it's never a thing that you have to deal with. You know, and we interviewed them on the fifth trooper and seeing some of their other stuff. I think. They, when when that decision was made, they were just living in like a utopian world where it was like, hey, we're going to have 64 players like six rounds is going to get us where we need to be. And and it sounded great. And then, you know, stuff happens, right? Like you get dropped, you only get 50 players. And then who knows how many other are going to drop by the time we get actually to Saturday. And then and then again on Sunday. Right. Like I, I'm convinced you- it's impossible to have. 64 people tournament and have 64 people show up yeah, it's possible. It yeah. yeah like lvo sold out within within half a day i'm pretty sure months ago and that was at 128 people and 96 showed yeah yeah like it, think... it's the nature of it like people don't have to like it's not a hundred percent commitment that people yeah. come and for those of you that are new um to this it's not a a covid issue so you know we for us we did the northeast open before way before covid and uh i think we ended up selling like 
58 or 59 tickets but we only ended up having like 50 people or 51 it was something it was some weird number yeah it just happens right like you just i think people have good intentions you're like oh i'm gonna save my spot like i gotta get a ticket and then you know family stuff happen any like work anything could happen right that knocks you out of that and and you just don't end up making it and there's a reason airlines oversell their flights, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and like even with Legion, I know we try and do wait lists and and that, but it's never enough to backfill. Like I I think there was something like, and I don't know the numbers, so I'm kind of just guessing, but I'm pretty sure there were at least 10 people on the LVO wait list that got in. So that means we would have been down to 86 out of 128, 40 people that backed out. Yeah. Like yeah. And I, I wonder if, the, you know, that that number would have it's been smaller if Omicron wasn't like wiping through at that time. You know, I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. but I still don't think we're ever going to hit cap. No, ever. But I'm really excited about I mean, and let's let's be realistic. It's probably going to be more like 45 if I had to guess when it's all said and done. But 50 confirmed. I mean, that's that's not bad. And down yeah, to 45, I'll take it. You know? Better than all of the frontline game tournaments last year. Yep. Like not counting LVO. LVO doesn't count. It's huge. Um, all the so other so those front lines, was fifty, wasn't it? I thought they were all thirties or forties. Definitely not thirties. I'm gonna look because this is I mean, this is gonna yeah. bother me. Well, I'll fill uh, in some space. Nola here. and Pax were both like in twenties. Yeah, that's that's about right for those events, though. Right, yeah. 45 at SoCal. Okay. Yeah, so if we have 46, we'll beat out. Yeah, it'd be comparable. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so so I I mean, and I know for a lot of you, you don't care about this. I'm excited. It's very hard to mobilize people to upstate New York, especially where we live. So like we know that and we did it in the middle of the summer right? Like when it's beautiful up here. So, you know, um, I'm really excited about this. I'm excited for the numbers. Um, it's, it's really great. We've got a great, uh, corridor up here of players, you know, um, between the three major cities up here, which is, uh, well, for Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, and Albany, there's a ton of, ton of great players up here. So I'm really excited about that. And a bunch of people coming in from all over the place too. So that's going to be, going to be cool as well got luke cook up there that's been hoarding his elo points not coming out to any tournaments i mean if we can I knock haven't, him down a little bit he's a he's a has been you know <laughs> well, like i'm so tired of this still you he's you, a strong you, second <laughs> you win one world's championship what five years ago and we're right. still talking about you like come on <laughs> hey i agree but yeah. i can't i can't fake <laughs> the numbers here i mean they are what they are for anybody new where we all know luke and we were just teasing him so luke, no, luke is, cook is very good at star wars legion yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah he's been he's been uh was is atlantic i mean you'd know mr elo master was atlantic city the last uh event that he played at i think so mm, yeah so yeah it's been a basically a year almost a year yeah the that top three is is very spread compared to everywhere else we got Kyle sitting up at 1590 and then 60 points before Luke Cook and then another 50 points before Gus. So 
the top three that's, spread that's by a like, hundred points. Yeah, that's my, a big, that's, that's a pretty big spread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your fault. Yeah, but you, yeah, because you went on a you went on a tear this year. You were yeah. like, "Oh, hey, I got a new baby coming. I'm going to hit every tournament before before that happens." Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, yeah, no, Nova Open's not even in there. I don't think it's a... Nova's in there. Oh Nova no, 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 no. I was thinking yeah. Nova, Nova, no. yeah. Nova. Yeah, I'm going to make sure they use TTO this year. <laughs> hey, I tried as that one was happening. Even like I couldn't. I know. It was I no one right cared about bush facts back then. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, they better uh, now. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, anyway, um, what are you guys bringing to Canto? Oh, yeah. We had a, John, some topics wanna, here. You want to go first? Or you want me sure. to go first? Oh, I could go first. I've uh, got it pulled up. Um, I am bringing Republic. First time I brought them to a major tournament and i'm i'm just i'm very taken by yoda he's so fun so fun so good um so i decided to go yoda and three wookies and chewy uh that is yoda's all kitted out push reflexes burst of speed and vigilance uh chewy probably doesn't have any upgrades on him i don't think he really needs them and then two melee Wookies with Bowcaster and all the upgrades, and then one shooty Wookie with Bowcaster and undecided upgrade, and then Overwatch. just three. Overwatch, yeah, maybe. There's so much range four out there. There is so a lot, much. but you can share Yoda's standby on the three pip turn. So yeah, that's you know basically you can create a, at least two turns where you have like an unstrippable standby for them to use. Yeah potentially yeah because that their range three dice pool is stupid sharpshooter one that's good with yeah. seven whites and a red pierce one oh, yes it, it is a little bit of a slot machine uh yeah, I run I them with like anakin and padme so that's situations where they even have usually extra aims lying around that they can spend mm-hmm. from like exemplar uh and it is i mean sometimes you'll get like two to three hits and sometimes you'll get like six hits yeah. <laughs> and to me that's a little too swingy for like a hundred point unit yeah it's 109 points right now yeah this is true this is true if you have scopes and like shareable aims that they can use then it helps considerably is uh, it rerolling three white have... dice per aim but yeah probably don't have points for scopes yeah at that point they're getting pretty pricey Hey, I do have points for scopes. Puts me right at 800. There you go. Yeah. 800 right. the place to be, son. Yeah, I don't need a bid. Only people are going to give me yeah. red player anyways. Like, yeah. Nobody takes perfect. Bid, bids anymore. <laughs> I get red I think, player, awesome. I get I blue, think that's awesome. a little bit of a mistake, yeah. personally. You um, think people should be bidding for red? I think people should be bidding to be able to choose um and making so historically bidding has been like this is going to be a long tangent and i apologize but <laughs> you, you right. guys brought it up um all right <laughs> historically bidding has been a way to basically mitigate risk right um and i think i think now there's two components to list building right there's the bid and then there's the unit selection 
Um, and I think now the primary way you mitigate risk is through unit selection. So um, you want to make a list that can punt your battle deck if you need to. I think that's very important. Uh, but you also, like, if you roll up to a table that's, like, totally skewed towards one side, which happens even at events, you know, that have, like, if if you've got a 128-person event or a 64-person event, that's 32 to 64 tables. Like, even if the TOs are great, there's going to be a handful of tables that are, like, you know, it's going to be a problem if you can't pick table side. Um, and if you roll up to one of those tables and you lose the bid to someone else and they pick red player, you could be in real trouble, right? So um, I don't think you're like always picking red, you know, if the table is balanced, you might still want blue, but if you lose the bid, you can't choose. So right. um, I right. think, I think you make the, you mitigate the risk in your unit choices. And that's basically you make a list that is not objective dependent and not, uh, doesn't care about its battle deck. And then you still bid like two points. Which I feel like I have that maybe. I don't know. I'm also not, I mean, I'm also going in to have fun. Um, LVO yeah. was exhausting. Adepticon's coming up and it's going to be exhausting. Um, yeah, I want to win, but I mean, I'm not going to run the sweatiest list I can think of. Um, yeah, I don't know. I want to see what this can do. And I think it could do a lot. That strikes me as what I'd like to call a W key list, which w. you know is the forward key on the keyboard, right? In most games, yes. you just you hit the W key. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's the mode yes. that that list operates on. Yes. Not quite as W key as two air speeders and three Wookiees, but <laughs> look, man. <laughs> but yes, a little bit of a little lot of bit of that. So what about you, Jay? Well, I'll I'll we'll get back. I was going to ask you a question, but I think oh. it'll, I can transition it later. But like, uh, yeah. So for me, I'm going to be honest with everyone. I I I had three lists that I wanted to play um, at this tournament. Like built lists that I was like, I'm playing one of these three. Um, and to be very honest with everyone, only one of them was an empire list. Uh, so the one empire list was the one I've been playing for a while, which is the double ATST, uh, double do back, triple sabs, um, with some naked stormtroopers. Right. I, I played that list at a tournament locally, did really well with it. I've been playing it for a while, been doing relatively well with it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, a lot of this, <clears throat> ion stuff started getting me thinking um you know i ran into a couple bistan ions and i was like oh this is miserable for these atsts um and then i saw the spiders coming with ion you know what i mean we saw a lot of that and i was just like okay maybe double heavies isn't the way to go um and i also we're going to talk about this later but like you know i also wanted to try my hand at other stuff and so I, I, I'm not going with the double heavy list. So spoiler alert, I'm not playing Empire, not playing double heavy. But I want to tell you the other list, uh, the other two lists. And I want to see if you guys can guess which. So the other list was Kalani with, uh, with B1s, with the E60R Trooper, with, uh, and then four B1s with the E5S Troopers. 
then another B1 with an E60R trooper and HQ uplink, two spider droids, you know, with attack protocols, the ion and link targeting array, and then an AAT with a with the OOM series pilot and high energy and link targeting array. That was hits. Yeah. What the? It's ten activations. Six B1s, two spiders, Kalani, and an AAT. Yeah. No, that's bad. Nobody should ever play that. It's seven ninety nine. <laughs> what all was on the AAT? Did you uh, have the high velocity? Yeah, yeah. yeah. OOM series droid, high high energy shells, and link targeting ray. Now, that's actually that's all actually at seven eighty seven. You can add one of the PK droids to, to one of the B ones and get it to seven ninety nine. Strip those ion tokens, and then you can have perfect activation control the entire game. Yeah, no, that's not good. Don't play that, and listeners don't play that either. It's terrible. So, uh, anyway, that that was the one that's one list that I was looking at, and then the second one is an actual rebels list that I'm dubbing the A team. Um, it has Leia, no, no upgrades, uh. OP Luke with burst of speed, force push, force reflexes, C's. Sabine with C's, recon and environmental gear. Two rebel vets with their with the 93 upgrades. Two of the medium blasters and then three sniper, uh, sniper strike teams. So, so that's, and that's 10 activations as well. So anyway, okay. so those were the three lists I was playing through and uh, drum roll please, John. Um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. I'm going with uh, I'm going with the rebels. Oh snap! Yeah, I'm gonna play rebels. So I got Luke, Leia, and Sabine rocking. Um, I've played a couple games with it. They both went really well for me. <laughs> so oh. uh, yeah, so that's what I'm playing. So shocker to everybody. Uh, no Jay with no heavies, no empire playing rebels. Interesting. Do you have to hand in some kind of like membership card or something? I <laughs> oh, like... I think you do. The hate is going to flow through <laughs> our empire listeners. I am going to get torn apart. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's going to lead into our next topic. But, you know, it really came down to can I play the double heavies? Yes. Can I play empire? Yes. I don't think that's a question, right? I, I think I've played them enough. I think everyone's seen me play them enough that it, I, everyone's aware that I can play them and I can do well with them. And so the question I continually ask myself is, well, am I actually good at Legion or am I, or have I just cut myself a niche that I'm really good at? And that's, that's what I'm good at. Do you know what I mean? And so there's a lot of questioning yeah. myself. And so I wanted to kind of challenge myself with something different and just br- bring something else. I mean, those are mutually exclusive either. I, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying it's more of a questioning my own, you know, my own, my own abilities at playing Legion and what am I truly capable of outside of, you know, because I think a lot of times um, and any other heavy player and Kyle, you double airspeeder, like I think the surprise factor of a double heavy list, not everyone's prepared for it like when you, when you sit across the table with them. So, and that can be part of the game and that's okay. But, you know, a lot of my questioning comes from, 
is that why I'm, why I'm winning? Is it just because of the surprise factor? Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a Legion player, as a, you know, as a podcaster who talks about this game? Am I, you know, am I pushing myself far enough? And so my answer to that was, well, play something you wouldn't usually play and, and go find out. Okay. Are you, are you worried at all about attrition on those rebel heavies? You have four rebel heavies that do not want to get shot at. Yeah, but I mean, I think the, uh, it's going to be de table dependent, right? And I think you're going to have to, yeah. So being able to be patient, right? And I think, yeah. Kyle and I talk about this all the time and things I learned from Kyle. Um, and I am not a patient person um, in any aspect of my life. Yeah, I'm and, not either. Right. And Kyle knows this. We've, we've played enough times that he's seen me get real aggressive real quick or watched me play, you know. And so um, I think this list can lean in that direction. But it's like it's instead of being like a hammer, like the like a double ATS list is that you could just start hammering everything that moves on the table. It's, you know, with Luke and Sabine, it's more of a scalpel. And so you're kind of waiting for your moment. And then you're like, then you have this big burst of action, right? And so, um, yeah, I just need to be patient. And that's something I think I need to learn if I want to become better at Legion. And so the okay. only way I learn I, and this is just me personally, the only way I learn anything is to just trial by fire. So I need to just put myself in that situation in a like, not a like buddies playing situation, but like a go to a tournament and, and slap Forced this to play down it for six yeah, games and see what happens in rapid succession. Yep. Yeah. I hear that. So, okay. And I'm sure a ton of people who are going to Canto are going to be extremely disappointed because they, her, they knew I was going and they loaded up their list with ion or whatever bullshit to try to gotcha. get my heavies and it's not going to happen. Guess who doesn't care about ion? Luke. <laughs> Luke doesn't care about ion at all. There's really not much that Luke cares about. No. no. <laughs> well, and I would say, you know, in my head, and maybe I'm wrong, and I don't mind giving out my thoughts on this. Sabine and Luke. I mean, I'm almost treating this like I would treat my heavies list, right? It's this principally the same. Like I want them to have the orders most of the time in order to either go last or go first or whatever I need to do with them in order to make it work. So I think the principles of it are the same. It's just the tactics of like, I can't just sit Luke and Sabine in the middle of the table like I would two ATSTs, right? And just shoot at anything that moves but they still need to have orders and I still need to make decisions with them when it's right to make those decisions with them. And, and so in principle, it, in my eyes, anyways, it seems similar in that respect, but I just have to be more patient and careful than I do with, with my other list. You said, now you said you've got C's on both of them. Seize the initiative. Yeah. When do you use C's with this list? Do you use it to get extra Leia buffs from her command cards? Or do you use it like on their respective one pips so yeah. that you have the control? So uh, I really like it on if if I were to be playing 
potentially yeah theoretically and, right one of, out of the yeah 12 sabine's one how pip, many command cards and Jeez. one of 21 yeah and one of luke's one pips i i really think sees is is best 15. to use it on there because think about it you could have two one you know you could have two turns where you have a solid chance of going first and if you're not first, you still have orders on your two most important pieces. So as long as yeah. you haven't both hung, haven't hung out both of them in a position where, you know, they can eat them alive with, with some sort of a one pip. Yeah, I think that's when you would use it because now you, you're both key players now all have orders and you have a okay. one pip. So you have a lot of decisions. But I think there's. I think this list, though, you got to be flexible, right? That's the other thing. This with the ATST list, um, I could pretty much guarantee in every game I'd be playing the same cards in the same order, just based on how my I ran my list, right? Like, okay, I'm going to play three pip turn one. I'm going to play, you know, probably a two, you know, one of the two pips, whether it's pinned down uh, or or assault and uh, or yeah. Um, you know, turn two, and then that's, you know, that's how every game went. Whereas this game, I think, is flexible, dependent on board state, depending on objectives, you know. And so even though I think ideal state is one pip sees with the other character, I think that it just all depends on what I'm given. And what if you brought I'm coordinate bombardment, you've got potential to catch some snipers that may have forgotten about peeking. If people even bring snipers anymore, man. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't. They're because good. there's so many other cool things. There's a lot of good options. <laughs> like, yes, they're still good, but so are Wookiees. So yeah. are Pathfinders. Like, yeah. you know, so are Royal Guard. I'm uh, gonna. I'm. You know what? Yeah. I'm gonna make a prediction, and we can check back in a week or two to see if this oh was true. I bet you there's only two lists at this entire tournament that'll have snipers in them. Only two what, like, like any snipers? Yep. Or oh, I will take the over on that. Yeah. All right. We'll make a gentleman's bet. Come up I'm with I'm thinking her. like six or seven lists. Two. Oh, I think it's a lot higher than that. You're this is a, out like, of <laughs> I mean, there's you're gonna have at least one sniper and a lot of those like all right. So pick your numbers. I'm gonna say two, Kyle. What's yours? What's your number? Lists that have at lists. least one sniper. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about all four types of snipers, right? So yeah, yeah commandos, yeah. scouts, BX droids, and yeah. arcs. Are we talking Iden and Cassian and Echo? No, 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 no. Just okay. the just the just strike uh, teams, special forces. I okay. think Echo counts if he's in a strike team. Okay, go in a strike. Sure. Okay, fine. Okay, uh, I'm gonna say seventeen. All right, John. Go over or under 17. Oof. That is a nice middle number. That's why I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> Out of 45, 16. Friggin' numbers, guys. You said yeah, 16. You're 16. I'm saying two. Yeah. Yeah. Win- I see that winner. Too. Winner gets to do the in- the intro for the next scoundrels. We're all okay. on. How's that? All right. Gets to. It has to. Has to. Well, <laughs> intro. It's however you that. see it, John. I guess. I don't right. know. I didn't know what else to bet. There isn't much else that. No. <laughs> um, okay. I I okay. really think it's going to be a low number. I think it's going to be much closer to my number than it's going to be to either of your numbers. 
I mean, I think right. 17 would be a low number. <laughs> but I don't. Just my guess. I mean, if you're talking about like lists with three snipers in them, then yeah, you no, might. no, it's going to be a handful. But not three. All right. Any snipers. All right. Well, right. I like I like your list, Jay. It's very it's much more objective focused than yeah. your ATSD list. The ATSD list is like objectives. What are those? I'm gonna just murder <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's right. And that's another thing, you know. And I guess we kind of transitioned into the second topic, anyways, right? But like, is yeah, it's huge. Not just in the type unit types, but it's what its purpose is in life. You know, those, they're two different completely things. And I, and I think, you know, I have to push myself I have to see at some point and I can't keep relying on things that come easy to me, which is the, the heavies. Right. And I need to, I need to like expand my mind. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. It's a good segue. That is a good segue. So it's almost as if I, we've been doing this for four years. <laughs> it's, it hasn't been four years, has it? It's coming up. Oh man. Three and a half, I guess. Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. So like, suppose you're, you feel like you, I don't even know if rut is the right word. Um, Cause maybe you, you could be doing okay, but you just feel like you've kind of plateaued. Um, how do you improve at Legion? I think, I think the best way is, kind of what Jay's alluding at, but it can be one of the more difficult ways to do it. Um, Trying different lists, um, especially lists, um, especially different factions, like lists that you struggle playing against. Um, When you play, when you are the, the driver in those lists and you have to make the decisions that they're making, it puts you... It... And you have to do those mental gymnastics that they're doing. It puts you in a much better position to to see the weaknesses of that list, and to know what the tendencies of that list are, so that you can then counter it on your preferred list of whatever type. Or maybe you'll see things about that list that you like that you can somehow bring into your preferred list. But that takes you know having multiple factions, having a lot of minis. Or playing on TTS, or yeah. borrowing minis—you could always borrow. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, and I think you know, and I can only talk from personal experience. And and with the couple times that I've played this Rebels list, um, a lot of what I, a lot of my learned items from playing my double heavy list didn't really change as the lessons it just changed how i deal with those lessons now right and um you know stuff i've learned from kyle and you know the old dodge standby move right uh for for a turn or whatever you know what you know and be and taking that patience and saying you know what like uh like one of the games they they hung a unit out to dry and I was like, okay, I could definitely get that unit with Sabine or Luke, right? And I could do something right now. But really having the patience to go, uh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> because, you know, even though I take that unit out, like that unit's not equal to Luke. So I can't, that's not an even trade. So I, I can't make that trade. I need to be patient and, and wait for another mistake or, or you know, another opportunity uh, to, to attack. Um, so just taking lessons and, and learning from them and trying to be 
you know, no matter what list, because I, I think a lot of a lot of them are just pretty generic lessons you, you learn across Legion, no matter what you're playing. Yeah, the fundamentals are similar, regardless of what faction you're playing. Um, I do think switching factions, just even for a few games, is definitely one of the easiest things you can do to kind of give yourself another perspective. And like John said, if you don't collect multiple factions, you can always borrow one or swap. You know, a lot of people have sort of split like a corset or something with someone else, um, you know, a friend, someone in your family or whatever. And you're probably, you may just be consistently playing the same factions. And if you feel like you're kind of stuck, maybe just ask that person if they want to switch for a few games and just see things from, from a different perspective. And that could be valuable for both of you. So, you know, you don't have to collect multiple factions to try different factions. Odds are you have a friend that might want to do the same thing. And you just yeah. swap armies for a game or two, you know? Yeah, I would say the other thing, too, is um, something that I like to do. If I'm playing a game with, I don't know, Evan or someone else friendly here, you know, at my house or their house or whatever, or, or at the local store, just a one-off game, um, I'll tend to put myself in positions I know are not good. Um, like I'd say, okay, I know this is a dumb, like, let's say we're, do, we're in turn zero picking cards and I'm like, okay, well, I probably shouldn't do recover the supplies with double ATST, double do back, you know, uh, while he has Luke or something, you know what I mean? But, uh, let me put myself in that situation because I, I need to, I need to learn if this is ever forced on me or if I don't have a, I mean, it's hard to force that on people now, but you know, if I don't have an option, uh, you know, I, I think putting yourself in positions that, you know, are bad just to see how you're going to work it out and how you're going to fight your way out of it, or if you even can fight your way out of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of intentionally putting yourself in certain positions. Like a handicap. Um, yeah. One thing that I like to do when I'm uh, in my head, I call it stress testing. But when I'm basically sort of zeroed in on a list that I want to try for a big tournament and I want to kind of see what its weaknesses are, I'll try and think up, you know, what other lists out there could be the biggest threats to it. And then I'll see if one of my friends wants to play that list just so I can kind of test it against the thing that I think it's weak, weak against. And that's list testing. But I think that's, you know, situation, that sort of mindset generally is helpful. Um, and I don't know if I would even view it as handicapping yourself, just sort of as putting yourself in situations where you might not be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and that can be as simple as like, maybe you don't have a lot of reps on a specific objective and you want to get more comfortable with it. You know, I've, I've seen this a lot with the vital assets objectives where people are like, oh, I've never, you know, this is the first time I've played Dominic Runner. This is the first time I've played Payload. Um, if you want to be serious about a tournament, uh, don't make that tournament the first time that you've played <laughs> Payload. Um, you know, try, don't always go through the normal turn zero V2 process. Uh, maybe just intentionally set up the battle cards in a way that creates a situation that you're not familiar with. Tournament prep, I almost never go through the turn zero process. Like, especially if I know my list, like, if I'm not, yeah. Unless you're specifically trying to get better at the turn zero process, like. Which is very important. It is, it is. Yeah. 
there's a lot of merit to that. Um, but you could do that in other ways, right? You could just drill that turn zero yeah. over and over. Um, but if um, if I'm playing with another friend prepping for a tournament, like I'll yeah, we'll we'll choose the battle cards based on what whoever either of us wants more practice on. Um, yeah, I think that's very useful. Um, asking your opponent for feedback after a game, super important. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. I think it's always a great idea to sort of talk through how the game went with your opponent afterward in a way that's respectful and objective. Um, you know, and hopefully you can, uh, like you can always, everybody makes mistakes every single game, um, win or lose. Like you always make mistakes in a game. Uh and someone's probably going to make less than others, but like, there's no such thing as a mistake-free game. So it's always helpful to talk through what those were with your opponent. Uh, chances are they saw something that you didn't and vice versa. So uh, don't be salty after a game. If you lose, just be like, Hey, you know, what do you think? How do you think this could have gone differently? Um, you know, what decision look for that think? turning point if you yeah. lost or, or even if you won, try and identify the there's, there's normally two or three, or, or like a small handful of points that like made or break made or broke a game. Um, try and identify those. And yep. if they were in your opponent's favor, try and not let that happen next time, you know? Yeah. And I think too, um, I, I say this a lot, like some people get really down on themselves, like um, a lot of games where let's say I've won, and the person will be like, oh, yeah, man, I really sucked at that game or whatever they say. Right. And then I'm like looking back at the game in my head going, they didn't really suck. Like the dice just sucked. Like and that sometimes just happens. And I think recognizing, um, too, because I think a lot of people can be down on themselves and negative, but recognizing that a portion of what we do is luck based and <laughs> it's on dice rolls. Right. Like as much as I mean, Kyle is king at like mitigating that down to the lowest possible that he can but there's still a number of moments in games where it's it's all down to a dice roll and and how that dice roll goes and so i think recognizing that too and saying hey i we both played a great game and you know i wouldn't say this during the game but afterwards just being like the dice just went in their favor they're in the, you know during that interaction and that just happens i think it's dangerous to to bring that up um because um you can kind of diminish whoever the win of whoever won right if you blame it on the dice uh which which sure. which hurts to to win and then have your opponent say yeah like start talking about the dice i guess like, i didn't mean blame it on the dice. i didn't mean like say even, that loud. even bringing meant, it up though i meant like just thinking about planting it. that seed well i guess because okay and here's more of where let's let's use an example let's like it say, can be the dice like i 100 yeah. agree but and I don't mean like it's very hard to I, identify i don't mean like defense dice i well, i guess maybe more what i was thinking Either. about was like Hey, I, I come in with, I, I don't know, pick a, a big unit, like an ATST, right? I came in with an ATST. You left a unit out in the open, 
right? And I was like, oh, this, or even a Jedi, like some sort of Jedi, my force user, oh, I, this is an easy kill. I'm going to take this and I'm going to move on and this is it, right? And then you just whiff hard, like you just get all blanks or something. And then that just starts turning the tide, right? And then you see a couple of those and it just happens sometimes. And I think you need to just be accepting of that. Um, not like blaming the dice for your loss, but just accepting the fact that there are a few things that are just out of your control and the other person's control. So no matter how perfect you think you are, there's going to be some stuff that's just yeah, for sure. out of your control. I, I meant that more of a, like an internal conversation okay. than a, like <laughs> telling your opponent. I've had that in, yeah, in tournaments yeah. where like, it was a close game. It's, I feel like awkward. dice swing. Sure. Both ways. Yeah. And, but your opponent, like, I, I don't know where I when I was listening to this, but I was listening to it recently. Or you, you always hear the negative. The negative always sticks with you oh, way yeah. more than the positive. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna see your eight blinks and not the the three times that you had three hits in a row, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I thought that was just assumed. That okay, so sorry, John. It's you're right. so well it's you're right, it's not assumed. So that's my fault. Um, I, I meant more of yeah, don't blame your, like, yes, there's absolutely players out there who are like, well, my dice suck. That's why you won. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, don't that's do that. that's not what I'm saying. But if you see a moment where, let's say, Vader goes out to slaughter a unit, it's the right move. And he just blanks out because there are blank sides on those dice. That's not your fault. That's just a random occurrence, right? Like, and it, it just happens. And you need to just accept that and not beat yourself up over something like that that's more of what i meant the amount of son of skywalkers that i've had like less than four hits <laughs> yeah yeah oh it hurts yeah. so bad well and I, I like where you're going with that jay i think i think sort of the the upshot of that is you have to try and kind of remove the result from your assessment and just kind of focus on your decisions um I do think it's important to almost like look for ways where you can remove the dice from your decision-making process. Mm -hmm. Like you reference a time where Vader goes to kill a unit and he whiffs and that unit survives. And maybe as a result of that unit surviving, they were able to score an objective or something um, at the end of the game that caused you to lose. Right. But I think also if you kind of focus on that whiff and be like, well, this was still a good decision. I just whiffed. Maybe you're also not seeing that, well, you could have just completely removed the dice from the equation by force pushing them and then choking sure. the unit leader or sure. something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you wouldn't even have to roll dice and they wouldn't have been able to score, you know. So um, I think it's important to, because you can also have like good results that kind of cover up a bad decision. Um, you yeah, know, it goes yeah. both ways, right? Right. Uh, and I've I think it's those. really important to yeah yeah, yeah. I've yeah, yeah where you where we <laughs> shouldn't have done that you hang yeah. one of your uh, your jet, your force users out and you're like oh, I shouldn't have left them out there and then they just miss and you're like man I guess that worked out all right you know? yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure my my game against Timbo uh, at LVO I made some mistakes with Jedi with Luke that I did not get punished for as much as like the dice should have punished me but, yep. Yeah, so it it's happens. kind of important to remove them entirely and just be like, you know, was this decision a sound decision? Um, regardless of what the dice outcome was. Yeah. So, 
And how could I have made this decision or improved my chances to win without rolling any dice? Um, I find that's especially true with, with force users who have um, a lot of ways to mm. kind of change the game state without making attacks, you know, with like force push and command cards and stuff like that. Um, but it's true of normal units too. Like, especially when you're talking about scoring objectives, yeah. sometimes tying a unit up in melee Yep. So they can't get to where they need to go is better yep. than shooting them. You know? Um, oh, like maybe yeah, maybe okay. you'd kill them, probably kill them if you shot them. But if you tied them up in melee, then they would definitely not get to where they need to go. So you should do that thing instead. Yeah. You know? Go for the 100%. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I hear what you guys are saying, but I don't think that's always an option for everyone. It's not, but, right? but it is something to look for. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and maybe, maybe that's the bigger takeaway, right? Is maybe it's all the big plays, right? And even a lot of the small ones, like look at it in retrospect and going, okay, what could I have made a better move there that, you know, after the game's over, replay it in your head, talk it through with your opponent and be like, oh, okay, could I have made a, where, where was the domino that led me to, to that, you know, to that final decision. But yeah, I really, you know, I think one of the things too, I've, and I don't know, you guys play more like Wookiee type aggressive, more uh, melee aggressive units, right. Than I have. Um, and I, I just wonder, I find with this game, it's all about patience. Like, even the aggressive lists that I've played seem to be about waiting for your moment and your opportunity. Like that seems to be a big part of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, the last tournament that I played was SoCal and I played probably one of the most aggressive lists you can think of, right? The double air speeder, <laughs> triple Wookiee list. Yeah. But at its heart, it's kind of, it's a little bit, um, of a misnomer to call that an aggressive list. It's more like a threat saturation list. And when you should be saturating your opponent with that threat is not always as quickly as possible, right? Um, it's, you know, when the moment is correct to do that, and that may not be on turn one, it may not even be on turn two. Um, so like I've, I've had games where my airspeed are just kind of fly in circles for a turn or two, or do like a, you know, like a sideways approach. Yep. Uh, to my opponent's army because you know you need them to get there at the same time as the wookies are getting there um particularly if your opponent has counters to those air speeders right Ooh. and that's just one example but i like i like what you're getting at there where like just because you have a quote unquote w key list um doesn't mean that you have to hit the w key on turn one Maybe do some A and D in there, you know. Well, that go way Keep back. holding W. Keep holding it. <laughs> right. But, yeah, but maybe, maybe a little work, A, work maybe a little D. D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe a little crouch. Right. Let left. Let off the shift key. Don't some control. Run. No sprinting. Yeah. Just no. Walk. You hold shift. <laughs> yeah. Hold shift. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, this goes back to a topic. I, I don't listen two, three, one year ago, two days ago. I have no idea at this, but we used to talk a lot about standing orders um, 
in your command hand and like the prevailing kind of skill was playing standing orders turn one and sometimes turn two like like holding your other cards until it was almost necessary to play them right and so um it, it kind of falls into that same thing and you know when you're looking at turn one and looking at what your opponent's attempting to do sometimes it's just better to to wait for the moment versus trying to create the moment because not all lists are capable of creating the moment yep yeah the number one mistake i see most players make is being impatient and being too aggressive i don't think i've ever seen and kyle maybe you have and maybe i haven't i just don't remember i don't know that i've seen anyone get punished really bad because they were being too like standoffish i have have you okay Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen often though it's not common but i've definitely seen it (laughs) yeah i mean i've made that mistake myself yeah because i think you'll see the if you've been playing for a while you'll see the moment right and you'll know when it's when you need to do whatever it is you're waiting to do um I think that makes sense. I just played it back in my head and it sounded weird, but whatever. <laughs> I think I've struggled with that. Like I've played, I don't know, definitely more than 20 games with Wookiees, with triple Wookiees. And I've struggled with that a lot. Um, where I'll kind of get into like a paralysis, like there is no good time to cross this field. And if I hesitate, I just die more. And so then I just run in and then I still die. Um, so, and, and here I am taking three Wookiees again. Um, so <laughs> it's a little bit of, of the patience. I think finding a spot where I can be patient is probably the biggest part of it. I like to blame that on terrain, but, you know. Well, terrain's it, an important factor there. It is. It I mean, what, what you're describing, like when I say I've made that mistake where I've been too patient, um, my last invader run, I was playing triple Wookiees, Gar Wookiees with the Rex. Um, and I was playing against Florf, uh, who was running a, cl- a clone gun line, a pre-nerf clone gun line. Um, and the map was one of those maps where there's just like not that many line of sight blockers. And I was yeah. trying to be cagey and use what there was. And, you know, he was just like lasering a unit every turn. Um, and before I knew it, I was like, I got nothing left to work with here, you know, and I should have, like, that was a situation where I just needed to hit W from the word go and recognize that he was going to kill a wiki or two on the way in. But if I survived with enough stuff then I was going to be fine. Um, but I, I didn't realize that until too, it was too late. So it's definitely not always correct to be patient. (laughs) Um, you know, at, it's I'd, I'd guess a better way to describe it is like see when your when your critical moment is going to be, and sometimes that critical moment is immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it is. It's it's very terrain dependent. Usually you're talking about like an open table where you have a melee list against a. Yeah. This is probably you know, not a, a list that list. I'm going to bring to Adepticon. <laughs> <laughs> not saying yeah. anything about the terrain, just saying like higher stakes. You know. Well. 
it is important though this is a little bit of a tangent um but it's important to like have a plan for tables that are too open yeah and we'll uh, because you know at an event with 64 tables or 32 tables like it's gonna happen you know yeah. we've got great tos um they put great tables together there's lots of great terrain out there but when your sample size is that big uh the chance that you roll up to a table you know where you and if, if you've got a short rate list where you're like this makes me a little uncomfortable um in a six or nine or ten game tournament that's going to happen at least once well, it takes a while to not only just throw the terrain on the table, but then to to think about the terrain on the table. Like I've I've built a fair amount of tables helping out at tournaments, and I'm not comfortable to I've spent at least like ten minutes on a table. Yeah. And if you've got thirty yep. tables, even if yep. you're only doing a third of them, that's a hundred minutes on you staring at tables. Like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna miss some. One hundred percent. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's funny because that's uh, going back to the top of the conversation, like with this list that I'm bringing to Canto. Um, before, with a double do back, double ATST list, uh, train wasn't really a concern of mine. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and now, now uh, it is, and so I've I've got to be really thoughtful about that. But that's that's learning right and 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 seeing the table differently because the table looks much different from the top of an atst than it does from you know from luke so um two more things i want to hit on the topic of like improving uh the first one is just to play people that are outside your normal play group whether that's like traveling somewhere else to a tournament that's outside your normal area. Um, maybe you've just been playing at your house and you've never been to your local store to play. Um, you know, you can go on TTS. Uh, that's certainly the biggest pond that you can jump in, right? It's something like Invader League or you have a base team league. Um, yeah, get out of get out of whatever pond you're in and find a bigger pond and jump in that one. Yeah. Um, because exposing yourself to different players gives you different perspectives. Uh, exposes you to different lists that you know maybe whatever your local meta is you have hasn't thought of yet um exposes you to different skill levels you know so um i think that's that's uh, besides like trying a different faction that's the next thing that you can do that's super easy is to just find a different pond find a bigger pond hopefully yep. and jump in that one um I think that's I think that's huge for just improving generally. The bigger the pond you can find, the better. Yeah, and, and I would say too, like understanding yourself and like what you're best, like how are you best at learning, right? Is it in person? Is it actually playing the game or on TTS? Is it listening and like thinking about it? Because I think I think there's opportunities for everybody. I think you definitely got to play the game at, one, at some point. Um, but some people just do better in different mediums, right? We all learn differently. And some people can just theory craft and mentally think about it and can actually apply it. Some people need to actually do it, you know? And so know yourself and, and practice what's best for you, the best way that it is, you know, for you to learn. 
I do a lot of theory crafting when I'm just like rocking my kid to sleep or something. It's like I need to stay awake or I'm going to drop this child. Uh, I'm going to start thinking about Legion lists. <laughs> just random moments driving in the car, you know, driving to work. Um, I've missed freeway exits driving in the car thinking about a list. Yeah, yeah oh, crap. 100%. Um, so yeah, fill that, you know, fill that thought space. You got to fill it with something. So um, the last thing I would say is um, this is kind of a narrow one because the opportunities for this uh, initially are probably kind of limited. But I would say if you ever have an opportunity to be streamed in any kind of tournament, whether it's a real life tournament, whether it's a TTS tournament, whatever, take it. Um, that's a huge opportunity to improve yourself. Uh, you know, you're not only going to get the perspective of your opponent, which is usually the only person's perspective that you get. Um, you're going to get the perspective of the people casting it and everybody watching, you know, which could be like a hundred extra people. Um, yeah. And I so, get that that can be uncomfortable, right? It, right. It's, it's not at first you're like, Oh, I don't want everybody to see my mistakes. Right. I think that's what we all think about first when somebody's like, Oh, I want to put you live on stream. Um, but I think most 99.9% of people, we've done a lot of streams. Most people will comment on a mistake you've made, but they're not like shitty about it. They, they're very, well, like, they might be. <laughs> well, well, and they're not always even right. I've had some of my games yeah. streamed and that I've listened to. I'm like, they called that a mistake, but afterwards, like won me the don't game. listen to it in the middle of the stream. Go right. back and yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. it. I yeah. Mean, yeah. But, no, and yeah, I, no. I guess I meant like, yeah, they'll, they'll jump on you for the mistake, but I don't feel like they don't get like, it moves fast. So you'll hear about it for like yeah. 20 so, seconds. But yeah. then once something else happens with everybody moves past it. The, yeah, the casters are usually pretty civil about that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes the audience can get a little um, as all online card. Yeah, but that, you know, if like feedback is feedback, so yep. you know, yeah, it's all it's all useful. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Most of it's useful. All of it. <laughs> you, you guys know. You guys know what I mean. You know, we, I was um, going to say, we get some comments on some of our stuff. I'm like, nah, yeah, that wasn't yeah. really useful. But let, let, let me put it this way. <laughs> uh, it's possible for someone to make a good point that you could use to improve yeah, uh, without a respectful tone. Um, and certainly they should not be doing that. But that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, take the feedback. So. But, you know, if it's something that's harder, what I find, too, is anyone who streams, if we see a good point in the chat or something, we'll, we'll say it out loud um, on stream. So, you know, if you, if you're feeling like you want to watch the stream, but you don't really want all the like comments, just turn that part off and just listen to the yeah. casters. Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll, they'll pull out all the good points. Yep. All right. Anything else on self-improvement? Yeah. I mean, uh... What's that thing? You gotta people only grow when they're when they're outside their comfort zone. Right. So that's that's when people do their most growth is when they're outside their comfort zone. And so 
as much as you can, you know, maybe not at a major tournament, but you know, at your local store or something, bring a new list, bring something that makes you uncomfortable and you're going to learn, you're not going to win most likely that local tournament, but you're going to win. You're going to win because you're going to learn something and then you can apply that to the list you're good at and the next time be better. And, and don't be afraid to just go to a tournament. Like you don't, yeah. there's, there's no experience level where you're like, I mean, you, you should have a few games in and you should know the basic rules and stuff clearly, but right. um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to show up to your tournament because you're quote unquote too new, like just yeah. go, you know, everybody's got to go to the first tournament. Sometimes just do it. And I find like, as long as it's like a local, as long as you're not going to like a highly competitive tournament, like Adepticon or something where, you know, there's some real stuff on the line. If you tell people, especially locally or at smaller tournaments, if you're like, hey, it's only my uh, first or second time playing in a tournament, you know, people are really cool about it. But like, all right, well, just let me know what you don't know and we'll, we'll go through it. I, I find the community to be, for the most part, super chill. Yep, agreed. Especially in person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I would I would also add, sorry, um, I left a bit of a pause there before adding this. <laughs> um, I thought that was a wrap it up pause, John. Yeah. It, it was for me. I'm <laughs> yeah, I see that. Last thing, kind of kind of might seem unrelated but i'm a believer in it um is keep your mind doing mental gymnastics like like even outside of legion like find some kind of um like you play chess on your phone with friends um is great at helping you think strategically on the, on a regular basis um, or other strategy games like that that kind of like break you away from watching tv in your spare time or mm -hmm something like that or highly recommend in kyle's yep. case how do you get three kids to bed at the same time yeah <laughs> there's, there's your like strategy mental gymnastics yeah. there's your right strategy there. if anyone tonight. figures that out let me know <laughs> <laughs> all ears um yeah and sometime we'll have to we've done an episode on this in the past but we'll have to do another episode on system one and system two thinking um which is essentially like active versus passive thought uh, because that's one oh. way to also like kind of decrease your mental load during games. Uh, but that's like a that. whole nother episode. So. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> huh. I like that. If you're, if you're curious, go back and I'm sure you can search our episode history for like, I don't remember what we called it, but system one versus system two thinking. It's, yeah, it's a good episode. I'll have to find that. Yep. Yeah. Basically, John go back and listen to our episodes what are you doing yeah the the, T, the tldr is the more things you can like offload to your autopilot yeah that makes sense the better i am yeah, curious what the, like, the deep dive was yeah okay um all right anyway any final thoughts now i'm done all right <laughs> well we have the notorious scoundrels on kyle i'm jay i'm john bushax bushman stay fresh cheese bags <laughs> <laughs>